Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi-Uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. We will continue reading from the second station of the 14th flash. And inshallah, today we are going to be reading the last, sixth and last secret in this uh, in this treatise. As those who have been following the podcast series uh, will remember, the second station of the 14th flash is about Basmala. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver. The the treatise is about the secrets of Basmala. And we read five of them. We will continue reading the sixth and inshallah we will try to finish it in this episode. Bismillah. Altinjisr. The sixth Secret. Ey hadsiz aciz ve nihayetsiz fakr içinde yuvarlanan bir çare insan. O the helpless, destitute, desperate men struggling within a boundless impotence and endless want. Ey hadsiz aciz ve nihayetsiz fakr içinde yuvarlanan bir çare insan. Those who listen to the uh, recordings on the first word will remember these two words or I hope they will remember these two words they are key words in understanding Ustad Nursi's thought Aids and Fakr Aids is powerlessness Fakr is neediness and human beings are the most needy and most powerless in the creation we are most needy because we don't only need what our bodies what our physical existence demands food water air energy comfort heat so on and so forth we need these but animals need those too we need energy we need nutrition plants need that too we need all of the things that everything else in the existence inanimate beings animate beings need but in addition to those we need what we can think of and what we can imagine. Our needs are not limited to the demands or of our physical existence, but rather it's they expand, expand infinitely, boundlessly, because we can construe anything that we imagine as a need. We need eternity, therefore. We imagine eternity, through our intellect, we can understand what eternity should mean. We have a conception of eternity and we need it. We want it. So we need what we want. Not all the time, but everything we want can turn into a need for us, the human beings. Therefore, uh, we are infinitely needy. Boundlessly needy. But we do not have the power to acquire anything that we need. Another aspect of this is we we are in need of protection from everything, every danger that we can imagine. 
that exists in, in, in the physical realm and that may exist in a metaphysical realm or that may exist in the hereafter. We need protection from all the calamities, for, from all the troubles, from all the pain that exists or that we imagine to exist in the future or sometimes in the, in the past. And we do not have the power to acquire what we need. We do not have the power to protect ourselves from what we fear. Therefore, we are infinitely needy and we are also infinitely powerless. So this is the state of human beings. This is what human is. When cut off from mercy. When cut off from mercy, human beings are desperate and destitute and helpless. And Ustad Nursi is addressing human beings in that state. Oh, the destitute men struggling within boundless impotence, powerlessness and endless need. Rahmet ne kadar kıymetdar bir vesile ve ne kadar makbul bir şefaatçi olduğunu bununla anla ki you should understand just what a valuable means an acceptable intercessor is divine mercy with the following understand what a valuable means vesile so vesile is something that connects two things I need to um, obtain a job at a company but I don't have access to this company. Somebody who is already working at the company uh, interferes, intercedes for me and talks to the boss. And then the boss invites me, gives me an interview. And in the interview, I do well and I get the job. So this person who talked to the boss in in order to help me get this job was my vesile in attaining this job. God tells us to seek Him through vesiles, through means, to search for means that will take us to Him. And Ustad Nursi is saying here, O oh man, understand what a valuable means is mercy and what an acceptable intercessor. There may be many intercessor, intercessors out there, but they may not all be acceptable. The one who talked to the boss should have a um, you know, good c- a company with the boss. The, the boss should have a good opinion of the intercessor so that the boss will accept the intercessor's intercession. If the boss is already unhappy with this employee, with this person who works in his company, he will not be interested in bringing another one of his like to the company. He will not be interested in, in, in listening to this intercessor. So, rahmah, mercy, is a valuable means and it is also an acceptable intercessor. We thought about this before. We talked about this before. Mercy being an intercessor. We are going to expand on that subject now. So, look at the following. Listen to the following in order to understand the value of mercy as a means and as an intercessor before God or to God. <coughs> o rahmet öyle bir sultan-ı zülcelale vesiledir ki yıldızlarla zerrat beraber olarak kemal intizam ve itaatle beraber ordusunda hizmet ediyorlar. Divine mercy, rahme is the means to such a majestic sovereign one that in his army 
Both the stars and minute particles serve together in perfect order and obedience, obedience together. The stars, the largest, most massive bodies in the cosmos, and the particles, atoms or you know subatomic particles, whatever is the tiniest object creation out there that we know or that we do not know. They are all in motion, they are all serving, and they are all serving in perfect order and cooperation. We need to stop for a second and think about this. Some of it may exceed the limits of our imagination, but then we need to try to expand those limits. Our, our imagination is flexible. It can expand. We can exercise in order to expand it. We need to think about the cosmos, the stars, the galaxies, how they are all moving, but then how they are all made up of those tiny particles and they are all functioning in perfect order. They are all helping each other. They are not just spreading around and causing chaos. We don't see chaos out there. What we see is cosmos. That is the definition of cosmos. In old in a Greek, these were two words that were paired. Chaos referred to existence without order. Cosmos referred to and refers to existence with perfect order. We see cosmos out there. And there is one who is giving it order. And he is powerful. If we were to imagine a king who owned, let's say, a third of the earth, the British emperor or empress in the 19th century, you would imagine how awe-inspiring that would be, how great power would come to your mind in describing and thinking about this sovereign. Now think of the sovereign who owns in, and, and also orders and administers in perfect order not only a third of the earth but the earth entirely not only the surface of the earth but the, the entire mass from its core to its surface that move out and see the atmosphere how perfect that is there is this layer of ozone if it were gone, we would all have skin cancer. There is this delicate balance of molecules in the, in the air. When it changes, we can see the consequences of disruption in global warming. And then move out of the atmosphere. See how the moon and the earth are moving in perfect order and with such massive things. The earth is pulling the moon, but there are other powers out there that are pulling in another direction. Imagine doing this in a vacuum space with magnets and, the, and then move further out, look at the solar system. Then move further out, look at the Milky Way. Then move further out and imagine the Milky Way becoming like the tip of a pin in a pool of, in an ocean of galaxies. 
and then move back to the center and imagine that all of these are made up of tiny tiny particles that are moving fast enormously fast without clashing without colliding with each other all assisting one another to stay where they are supposed to stay and imagine the one who gives this who creates and maintains this perfect order he is the sovereign that we are talking about and more than that this is only the physical world that we can um, see or sense learn about with our five senses and he is the Rabbul Alameen there are many realms in that that we cannot sense with our you know, five senses that are not physical many realms greater than this the entire cosmos that we see out there and this entire cosmos and this entire creation the physical creation that we are seeing around us in comparison to his footstool and footstool and throne are two words in Arsh and Kursi the, the, these are symbolic metaphorical words that refer to you know God's station and where we turn in order to pray to God supplicate God where the Quran was being sent down in comparison to his footstool the entire cosmos is like a ring that's thrown into a desert and the footstool in comparison to his throne the footstool in, in comparison to his throne is incomparable angels carry his throne and they are the most powerful creatures we need to expand the limits of our imagination that is the sovereign that we are talking about ve o zatı zülcelalin ve o sultanı ezel ve ebedin istignai zatisi var ve o istignai mutlak içindedir and that all majestic one the sovereign of pre-eternity and post-eternity is self-sufficient istigna he has istigna he is rich he is in need of nothing in need of nothing need is not a term a concept that applies to him he is in perfect absolute richness he is unneedy self-sufficient he does not need us he is in a state of absolute self-sufficiency and when we say absolute that means this covers everything that is there is nothing that is left out of it so he does not need us now we are endlessly needy we are infinitely needy we are infinitely powerless and he is infinitely not needy infinitely absolutely self-sufficient and he has absolute power he has power over everything the only way out for us is to connect to him because we have boundless needs and he is the only one who can take care of our needs hiçbir cihetle kainata ve mevcudata ihtiyacı olmayan bir gani alatlaktır he is rich and his richness covers everything absolutely without leaving anything out and therefore he has no need for the cosmos for the 
existence other than himself. Mevcudat. Everything in existence. He has no need. Ve bütün kainat tahtı emir ve idaresinde ve heybet ve azameti altında nihayet itaatte celaline karşı tezellüldedir. And the entire cosmos is under his command and direction. Utterly obedient beneath his majesty and grandeur, submissive before his sublimity. Everything obeys him. There is nothing out there that does not obey him and that does anything out other than out of obedience to him. İşte rahmet seni ey insan, o müstani alal ıtlakın ve sultanı sermediğinin huzuruna çıkarır ve ona dost yapar ve ona muhatap eder ve sevgili bir abd vaziyetini verir. Now, what is the function? What is the consequence of mercy? Oh man, that is divine mercy for you. So divine mercy is for you this, the following. It raises you to the presence of this one who is lacking absolutely any need. It raises you to the presence of this one who is in need of nothing. He does not need you. You cannot go before him in order to fulfill some need for him. You cannot take him gifts. He doesn't need your gifts. He is above that. He is beyond that. You have no other means of getting there. But there is one means. This means. What is this means? Mercy. Mercy raises you to his presence. The eternal sovereign. It raises you to the presence of this eternal sovereign who is in need of nothing and makes you his friend. Can we imagine this? Can we try to imagine this? We become friends to him. Wali. That's what it means. The, the meaning of the word wali. Allah is our wali. He is our protector. But when we use it for awliya, waliullah, the friends of God, it makes us a friend to him. It makes us his addressee. He turns to us and talks to us. He turns to us and listens to us. We supplicate and he listens to us. What an honor is this? What an otherwise unimaginable fact is this? Can we imagine how the kings and presidents and prime ministers and statesmen of this world function? Is there a king out there to which we can turn each time we want to and he is going to listen to us? Is there a state person out there who is ever ready to hear us? What is their sovereignty? What is their power in comparison to the power of this owner of eternity, owner of absolute majesty, owner and creator and sustainer of everything? But there is something out there that is making us his addressees. That is making us be able to be heard by him each time we address him. And well-loved servant, it is also making us beloved to him. It is making us his slaves. This is an honor. You know, slave is a pejorative word of, word, of course. Nobody wants to be a slave. It was a 
an aspect of life that was necessary at one point it is abolished and we are all happy for it but we are not talking about chattel slavery here we are talking about the relationship that a slave has with his owner in terms of the owner also being responsible for taking care of the slave we are his absolute slaves and that is an honor because that means that he is taking care of us and that means that, that we are under his order under his command everything else in the creation are under his command left to our own means we are nothing connected to him we, have, we are the most honorable of the creation and being his slave means being the most honored most honorable of the creation and it is mercy that is making this possible for us that is connecting us to him that is making us his friend that is making us his addressee and that is making us his beloved slaves fakat nasıl sen güneşe yetişemiyorsun çok uzaksın hiçbir cihetle yanaşamıyorsun fakat güneşin ziyası güneşin aksine cilvesini senin ayinen vasıtasıyla senin eline verir öyle de o zat akdese ve o şemsi ezel ve ebede biz çendan nihayetiz uzağız, yanaşamayız. Fakat onun ziyai rahmeti onu bize yakın ediyor. Now there is a metaphor here. Let's try to understand the metaphor and then it's going to lead us to a very important reality. But just as you cannot reach the sun, you are far from it, can in no way and can in no way draw close to it. Can we draw close to the sun? Even if we made... Uh, these you know spaceships and so on and so forth and we travel toward the sun we will be burned there is no way we are far far far away from the sun but the sun's light gives you its reflection and manifestation by means of your mirror in the same way you are infinitely by means of your mirror this, we are far away from the sun but the sun's light the rays that are emanating from the sun reach us and make us able to interact with the sun, enable us to interact with the sun. If we have a mirror in our hand, we can hold it to the mirror of, to the sun and we can see the image of the sun in our mirror. We can we can have we can have the image of the sun in our mirror. So the sun is far away from us, but through sorry so we are far away from the sun but through its rays the sun comes close to us the sun is close to us in the same way you are infinitely distant from the most pure and holy one zata akdes the the holy the divine essence of god that sun of pre-eternity and post-eternity this is a metaphorical reference to god the sun of pre-eternity and post-eternity, the one who enlightens, illuminates pre-eternity and post-eternity. Allahu nuru samawati wal art. Allah is the illumination of light of the heavens and the earth, and this is from pre-eternity to, to post-eternity, ever. Right? That that's why Ustanus is referring to God in a metaphorical way as Shamsi Azal wa Abad that son of pre-eternity and post-eternity. In the same way, you are infinitely distant from the holy essence that's that son of pre-eternity and post-eternity 
and cannot draw close to him this is this is important and significant we cannot close draw close to him we cannot approach him yanashamais we cannot approach him on with our own means left to our own means we are infinitely far from him and we cannot approach him fakat onun ziyai rahmeti onu bize yakın ediyor but the light of the light of his mercy makes him closer to us and here is one of those occasions where the distinction between two words that are usually translated as light into english becomes important Ustad Nursi here, here is not saying uh, the nur of his mercy is making him close to us. He's saying the ziya or ziya in Arabic of his mercy is making him close to us. Ziya or ziya refers to light that's emanating from its source. Nur refers to light that has emanating from has emanated from its source and reflects or refracts somewhere, somewhere and makes it visible. Here, the reference is to what emanates from the source. Vya. Here, the, the reference is mercy as it comes from God. The mercy that comes from God is making him close to us. And therefore, he is close to us. He says in the Quran, If my slave asks about me, Inni qareeb. I am close. I am nearby. He is very close. Here he is closer to us than our jugular veins. He's closer to us than our jugular veins. We are we are infinitely far away from him and left to our own means we cannot draw close to him. But he is close to us. Therefore he is nearby. He is by us. And what what is the source of this closeness? What activates this closeness? Mr. Nursi is saying it's mercy. He draws close to us out of his mercy because he is not in need of us. He is not drawing close to us out of some kind of need. He is drawing close to us out of his mercy. İşte ey insan, bu rahmeti bulan ebedi tükenmez bir hazineyi nur buluyor. And so, O oh man, one who finds this mercy finds an eternal, unfailing treasury of light here the word is nur illumination the rays the dhiya as it reflects or refracts on something the one who finds this mercy finds an eternal unfailing treasury of illumination o hazine bulmanın çaresi rahmetin en parlak bir misali ve mümessili ve o rahmetin en beli bir lisanı ve dellalı olan ve rahmeten lil alemin unvanıyla Kur'an'da tesmiye edilen Resul-i Ekrem aleyhissalatu vesselam'ın sünnetidir ve tebaiyetidir. So how do we benefit from that mercy? How do we find that mercy and you know latch onto it, grab it as our means to draw close to God? And the way to find it, to find that mercy, is through following the practices of the most noble prophet, messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon whom be blessings and peace. Following the sunnah, 
the model of the Prophet who was the most brilliant exemplar and representative of mercy who was the most brilliant exemplar and representative of mercy it's the mercies the divine mercies most eloquent tongue and herald and was described in the Quran as a mercy to all the realms so mercy is a means and intercessor before the holy essence and the Prophet وسلم, is the, is our means, is the means. He's not one of the means. He's the means to that mercy. He is described by God as mercy to all the realms. And this is something to, to imagine too. We just imagine the sovereignty of our Lord. Everything, everything that he is sovereign over, that's the Alameen. The Prophet was a mercy to them. The angels, the jinns, the atoms, the plants, the animals, humans of course. But the stars and the galaxies and the dark holes in the creation and what not that we know and we do not know. He was a mercy to all of them, without any exception. That is why we also have the Hadith, prophetic tradition. Oh my beloved, if it were not for you, I would not have created this existence, this creation, this cosmos. Now some challenge whether this was a prophetic tradition or not. That's a different in discussion, even if it were not, its meaning is accurate. And Ustad Nursi, at one point, when he was, you know, teaching his students, and this this uh, prophetic tradition was read, he says, "I accept this as a hadith, as a prophetic tradition, on behalf of." the spirituality of the Prophet What does that mean? What does that mean? Is, of course, Ustad Nursi is not being arrogant here. Al-ulama of Warasatul Anbiya. The scholars are inheritors of the Prophets and the Prophet in our time. So the scholars are carrying a mission to represent him. Not only transmit from him, but also carrying a mission to represent him, represent his spiritual, his metaphysical presence. All of the prophets, uh, in a metaphor that the Stadnursi uses, all of the prophets were roots of the tree of Muhammad, his messengerhood. And all of the scholars are the branches of that tree. All of it put together is the tree. And he is the one who is the force, who is the power, who is the essence that's flowing through the veins of those roots and those branches. When the Prophet ﷺ was asked what was created the first, his answer was that the light of your Prophet, i.e. himself, his light, his illumination was the first thing that was created. What does that mean? We are not talking about photons here. 
right? The light that emanates from a light bulb, the light that emanates from the sun and reaches the earth, the light that emanates from the stars, say, you know, some billion years ago, travels through space and reaches earth. We are not talking about that. That may be a part of the light that we are talking about. But when we say light here, what we are referring to is what makes those that are not visible, that are left in darkness, visible. So his presence, the Prophet ﷺ, was the first thing that was created and it was the means for the illumination of the entire existence. For the entire existence to have a meaning, for the entire existence, entire creation to fulfill their function of glorifying God, serving God, for the entire existence to have meaning. His existence, his presence is what illuminates that meaning. Otherwise things are in the dark, purposeless, just are there. But his light, when it reflects on them, refracts through them, and in this case he is uh, Leah in reference to the rest of the creation but he is light, he is illumination, Nur in reference to his connection with the all merciful one. When his light falls on things they become meaningful. We see that they have this aspect, they have this facade, they have this face that relates them to God. And that's the ultimate purpose of creation, that's the ultimate purpose of each and everything in the creation. And God does not create anything futile. God does not create anything that is not meaningful, that is for nothing. He created what makes that meaning apparent first. And he let that light spread through entire creation as the creation came into existence. Therefore, he is a mercy to the entire creation. Without him, nothing can fulfill its ultimate function. The stars cannot fulfill their ultimate function. The atoms, the hydrogens, the water molecules cannot fulfill their ultimate function of serving God. When he ascended to the presence of his Lord in Mi'raj, he said, At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa-tayyibatu At-tahiyyatu, greetings. But he says, he uses the word with a definite article, At-tahiyyatu, the greetings which means that this is absolute, all of the greetings. All of the greetings that were ever offered, all of the tasbihat, all of the glorification that was ever offered, that was ever brought into existence by the creation. He is presenting them, all of them, to the Lord. That is the moment. That is the moment for existence for the creation that is when everything fulfills its function but there are those out there among the humans and the jinn because of their own wrongdoings they decided to drop out of it we should know what we are following when we follow the prophet we should try to feel his brilliance the light he brings to existence and therefore the light he brings to our hearts, our contemplation, our ability to observe the universe and our ability to observe ourselves. He is the one who gives meaning to us. When we you know, follow him, we should know. We should develop the sense of what we are following. Ve bu rahmeten lil alemin olan rahmeti mücessemeye vesile ise salavattır. Then what is the means to this embodiment of mercy, to, to this 
materialized mercy. He is not only representing mercy, but he is the embodiment of mercy, who is called the mercy to the entire existence, the mercy to the realms, rahmatan who is the embodiment of mercy. What is the means to him? Ustad Nursi is saying that is salawat. Salawat. What is salawat? When we say, for example, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad or sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or alayhi salatu wa sallam. This is a means to him. God has, God has ordered us to, to, to make salawat, to say these prayers. Oh God, have mercy on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh God, have your blessings on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh God, have your salat on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is a supplication. That is a dua that we are making. We are asking God to send his mercy and blessings to him. In the Quran, God says, A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. God and his angels uh, send their blessings on the Prophet sallallahu All those who believe, you also send bless, also send blessings to him. When we send blessings to him, that's dua. When God sends blessings, that's mercy to him. So God sends his mercy to him, and through him we receive the mercy. We find the means to God's mercy through him. He is the means to that mercy that we need in order to reach the presence of the one who is the sovereign of everything over everything and who is in need of nothing evet salavatun manası rahmettir yes indeed the meaning of salavat is rahmet mercy ve o zihayat mücessem rahmete rahmet duası olan salavat ise o rahmeten lil aleminin vusuline vesiledir and as a prayer of mercy for that living embodiment of divine mercy it is salavat is the means of reaching the mercy to all the worlds. So he is a mercy to us because he is the means to divine mercy. And salavat is the means to reaching him, to connecting to him. He does not, the Prophet wasallam does not need our salavat. He does not need our du'as for himself. All of his, uh, you know, mishaps, mis- uh, you know, mistakes were already forgiven. He has already promised the highest of bliss, and he has it. He has the highest of bliss. He, he is with his Lord. He does not need. He does not need this for himself. But the more salawat we send to him, as he told one of his companions, when the companion, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when when one of the companions asked him to. Uh, intercede for him in the hereafter before God so that he could go to paradise the Prophet wasallam told him okay but assist me with salawat the more mercy we send to the Prophet wasallam, the more mercy he will uh, he will have the more let's use this as a metaphorically the more credit he will have with his Lord in order to intercede for us we are connecting to him for ourselves when we say salawat we are saying it with the intention, our intention is to connect to him. We, we, we are in need of that mercy that he embodies. That's why we are saying this. Öyleyse sen salavatı kendine o rahmeten lil alemine vesile yap ve o zatı da rahmeti rahmana vesile ihtihaz et. In that case, make this prayer, salavat, the means to the mercy to all the worlds. Make the salavat a vesile, a means to the rahmeten lil alemine, the mercy to all the worlds. 
the Prophet ﷺ, for yourself and at the same time make him the means to the mercy of the most merciful one. Make him to the mercy of Rahmati Rahman, the Rahman, the mercy of the most merciful one. Umum ümmetin rahmeten lil alemin olan aleyhissalatu vesselam hakkında haddiz bir kesretle rahmet manasıyla salavat getirmeleri rahmet ne kadar kıymetli bir hediye ilahiye ve ne kadar geniş bir dairesi olduğunu parlak bir surette ispat eder. That the entire ummah, the, the community of Muhammed sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem in all their great numbers keep uttering constantly, continuously utter this prayer salavat which is synonymous with mercy for the mercy to all the worlds, proves in brilliant fashion what a valuable divine gift is divine, divine mercy. Everybody's asking for it. Everybody's asking for this mercy. There must be something into it. Among these are the great saints, great friends of God. Among these are the great scholars who are the inheritors of the Prophet ﷺ. Among these are agnostics who have attained, who have realized who know what the, the, the reality of things and they keep asking Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there must be something to it it is the key it is the means it is the connection to the divine mercy it is a gift that was given to us the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a gift to creation again the ultimate purpose the ultimate desire, the ultimate function of everything in creation is to glorify their Lord, to become servant slaves to Him. And that glorification finds its meaning. The, the fulfillment of that purpose is possible with the, with the, the light of the Prophet And salawat is our means to connect to Him. Al-Hasr, Hazine-i Rahmetin en kıymetdar pırlantası ve kapıcısı Zat-ı Ahmediye aleyhissalatü vesselam olduğu gibi en birinci anahtarı dahi Bismillahirrahmanirrahim'dir. To conclude, just as the most precious jewel in the treasury of mercy and the doorkeeper of that treasury is the Prophet Muhammad, Messenger Muhammad sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem, so too is the first key to that treasury is in the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. This is the first key that the Prophet ﷺ, first and foremost, let's say, this is the first and foremost key that the Prophet ﷺ brought to us. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. He is the most precious jewel in that treasury. And he is the gatekeeper. He is the one who shows us the way and he gives us a key. As we are, you know, walking to the door, he shows us the door and he gives us the key. And the key is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver, or the merciful, the compassionate. Ve en kolay bir anahtarı da salavattır. And, so that's the first and foremost key. And then there is an easy key. That's a key that's easy to use. What is that key? The, the key that is the easiest to use, right, is salavat. Why is it the easiest? Because here we are, we are, leaving it to the Prophet He is opening the door, he is moving and we are following him. We tie ourselves to him, we attach to him, we latch onto him and then he moves and the gates open for him. He knows the keys for the all for all the doors. He is the one who went through all of them. We don't need you know this is the most this is the key that demands 
that requires the least effort on our part, on his part. He is the mercy to the universe. He is the he is the one who struggled. He is the one who, you know, went through difficulties and opened all the gates and we just latch on to him. Ustad finishes the sixth secret in the second station of the fourteenth flash with a beautiful salawat. Allahumma bihaqqi asrari bismillahir rahmanir rahim salli wa sallim ala man arsaltahu rahmatan lil'alamin kama yaliku bi rahmatika wa bi hurmatihi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in warhamna rahmatan tukhunina biha an rahmati man siwaka min khalqika amin man siwaka min khalqika amin uh, let's try to translate this too. Oh God, for the sake of the secrets of Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, send your uh, greetings and blessings to the one upon the one whom you sent as a mercy to the realms, to all the realms, in a way that befits uh, your mercy and the and the station and the lofty station of your your mercy and send those greetings and blessings also on his family and on his companions all together and have mercy on us a mercy that is going to free us from needing the mercy of those anything other than you in your creation Amin, Amin, Amin. Subhanaka la ilmalana illa ma alamtana innaka antal alimun hakim. So this was the end of the second station of the 14th flash. Inshallah, in the next episode, we are going to continue with the second word. And Ustad Nursi finishes most of his treatises uh, with this prayer. Subhanaka la ilmalana illa ma alamtana innaka antal alimun hakim. Uh, we had gone over its meaning before we glorify God we declare understand and declare that he is free from all defects and deficiencies and we acknowledge that we have no knowledge other than what he informs us with and we tell him we turn to him and we say you are the all knower you are the wise hakim. If you think you are benefiting from these recordings, please share them and may there be a benefit in this for anybody, everybody who listens to it and for me. Uh, may God forgive if I have misunderstood something and misrepresented something. May the listeners be able to discern that and understand the reality, the truth in that and may I also be able to understand the reality, the truth in it and if I do, may I be able to share them with the listeners. The ultimate source for this is uh, the Risale-i-Nur itself and Risale-i-Nur is inspired from the Quran. Those who are listening should not limit themselves to these recordings but make an effort to read and understand the Risale-i-Nur uh, if possible in its original language Turkish, if not in English but that requires a lot of practice uh, and repetition and may God help us draw closer to understanding his his book through uh, the Risale-i-Nur and through other interpretations of his his book. The Risale-i-Nur is a, mashallah, is a perfect 
beautiful interpretation exegesis of the Quran at our time and we are trying to benefit from it and may God help us in our intentions in our effort Amin Al-Fatiha